You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Anthony Katchman, and this is our latest look at the wonderful world of the Chicago White Sox with Scott Merck. And Merck, uh, I know you just had an omelet, so you are ready for this podcast. And uh, I think the White Sox offense needs some omelets in their system. They have one run scored since July 9th. As we record this, it's been a, uh, uh, I don't know, lackluster offensive attack in general uh, the, the past couple seasons, but this has been a particularly futile stretch, and it's coming at an important stretch. This club looks to decide what it is in advance of the July trade deadline. What do you make of the offense right now, Mark? I should add that I had an omelet and I got a haircut this week, so I'm really prepared oh, wow. for this week's podcast. But, but it's right. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's interesting because. I mean, going into the Seattle series, they've been off offensively, just terrible. You know, they were shut out three straight games. They haven't scored in 40 of the last 41 innings going back to Atlanta before the break. And you look at the numbers, though, and the, the offense really hasn't been great all year. I mean, they were, I think, I, I wrote yesterday, I know I wrote yesterday, but I think the stats, I think it's runs, home runs, OPS, and average. They're 13th across the board in the American League, and that's not good. And they haven't been very consistent over the last couple of years, and they need to hit. I mean, there's no question about it. They've gotten some good pitching. They've, they've had some, you know, a few off starts there, too. But, I mean, Shields has turned in two tremendous starts back-to-back. Uh, I think 15 and two-thirds innings, three runs. Basically, three extra base hits got him. He gave him two home runs in Atlanta and then a triple to, you know, Escobar, and that was it. Um, Miguel Gonzalez had a great start out of the break. Turner and Sale in that stretch, not, not as great. But, you know, they're wasting some opportunities. And the problem with the Sox right now is because of that 10-26 and 26 run after the 23-10 to start, they just can't afford to go into any kind of prolonged funk. They, they can't afford a 2-8 and eight stretch. They can't afford a 4-10 and 10 stretch because there's too many teams in front of them. And now you're starting to look at it and say, let's not even think about Boston or Cleveland because they're like 7-9 and nine games up. But let's look at the wild card, the second wild card. Toronto's 5 and a half up. Okay, that's pretty significant, especially when you don't play them again this year. But you look at Houston, I think Houston's like four and a half up on them, and even Detroit's got two and a half games. So now you're starting to talk about making up significant ground on more than one team. You know, it's one thing to be tied with Kansas City or a half game behind Kansas City, or I think you're tied with Seattle. So you don't even think about that, but just the, the teams ahead, you can't let them separate too far. You know, you, you always hear, Anthony, as you know, oh, we've only played 60 games, we've only played 45 games, we've only played 85 games. Well, it, it's past that time, but we've only played now. They need to start putting something together. They need to start hitting and start hitting right away to, and, and kind of getting the pitching and the hitting on the same pace. They haven't had that all year. No, they haven't. And uh, we've seen Rick Hahn and, and company uh, make some moves. Uh, the James Shields acquisition was a big one, of course. Uh, signed Justin Morneau midseason, and now he's with the big club. Uh, do you think it's, it's safe to say they are done in the buying market is, is what you see what you get with, with this particular roster or do you think there's still opportunity to to make a move uh you know to, to add on to this club i think there's still opportunities to make a move i think the moves that fans want might be a little far-fetched I, in our mid-season story i i suggest that they go after carlos gonzalez because if you're really going to be in on it if you're really going to push for the playoffs whether it's that second wild card and you got to win one game just to get going or you somehow, you know, with a lot of head-to-head games at Cleveland, you somehow jump Kansas City and Detroit and catch Cleveland. If you're going to go for it, you might as well do that. But the thing is, they, they just don't have, you know, the system has improved. There's no question about it. But there's not enough guys that they're willing to trade off the major league roster or the teams I think desperately want in the system 
make such a huge move. I, I would think Spencer Adams is a guy who would hold some interest. He's still very young, but extremely talented. Right-handed pitcher, he's their third-rated prospect for MLB Pipeline. I would think, you know, Avi Garcia just hasn't worked so far for them, and I'm not saying that he doesn't have the talent to make it work, but I just don't think it's going to happen in Chicago. It's kind of like a, 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 a more accomplished level with Eric Johnson. I think Eric Johnson could be a good starter someday. It just wasn't going to happen with the White Sox. But if a team trades for Avi, you're trading on potential. You're not trading on any past results. So what do you get for potential? So I would think in answer to your question, they're never shying away from making big moves, significant moves, but it's going to be tougher to pull off, not even financially, just finding the talent package. What I would be interested to see, and I don't know what your opinion on this is, Anthony, but if they maybe made a move that involved a significant big league player that brought back a younger player they had control and still didn't diminish them too much in terms of this, you know, kind of borderline fight for the playoffs. For instance, you know, what is David Roberts? David Roberts is a great guy. He's done a nice job as closer, but what is he worth to a contending team when you have a guy like Nate Jones you could put in as a closer, even maybe even, you know, try Carson Fulmer in the later inning role too. So something of that nature. I'm not saying, you know, blow this team up and start trading Sale and Quintana and Frazier. But I'm just saying that I wonder, you know, if they will look at doing both, you know, kind of adding but subtracting and adding at the same time. That's interesting, Mark. I hadn't really thought of the uh, the uh, Robertson angle. Um, you know, his his contract, which at the time I think it was, you know, maybe my lone beef with their offseason going into 2015 and, and turned out to be a good deal for them so far. Um, you know, especially relative to the way other things have worked out. So, and a lot of issue on that. In, he's closed in New York. He's played for a World Series yeah. champion in New York. So this is a guy who has the experience, you know. So I'm just saying, you know, if, if they yeah. believe, well, we're kind of in it, but we're not sure, and, you know, if, if we decimate the farm system and don't win, we're really in trouble then. So maybe we can look at this guy. He's been great for us. Maybe we can get something back for him, keep building, and still give us a shot this year. It'll be interesting to see what path they choose, though. Uh, you mentioned Fulmer. Um, you know, he made his debut on Sunday, and the second time, mm-hmm. uh, of course, Tim Anderson being the first, where, you know, the, the White Sox, uh, out of courage or out of desperation or some combination of the two, or uh, courageous desperation, <laughs> uh, dipped into the, the upper echelon in their farm system. What do you make of Fulmer uh, and his role moving forward? I think I think Palmer is um, is is was ready to go. It, he, he's like Tim Anderson, you know. He kind of forced the issue. He pitched yeah. well enough to um, to get the call. And one of the things he's two things about him. Well, three actually. I keep adding up. Great kid. Really, you know, a, a personality that I think could really take over Chicago if he becomes a success. And I don't know if it's going to be long term as a reliever or if this is going to be the. Mark Burley, Chris Sale, Carlos Rodon path and have him start as a reliever and then eventually become part of the rotation, maybe even as soon as 17. Number two, he almost kind of embraced, if not relished, the struggles he had at the beginning of the year where he was walking a lot of guys. It's very uncommon for him because he said it proved to him. I talked to him right before the Futures game, and he said it proved to him that he could handle, you know, tough times and get through it and make the adjustments necessary. And three, one of the issues, the main issue he had was his delivery, they thought, was a little fast. They slowed him down a little bit in spring training. And I think he came hit by his own admission. He kind of overcompensated and slowed it down too much. So now if you look at him and look at old tapes, he's back to the delivery he had at Vanderbilt. And it works for him. Sometimes no change is the best change. He had a nice first game. I mean, Anthony, it's hard to top your uh, 
your first batter, you have a three-pitch strikeout of Ever Pujols, who hit number <laughs> 576 and 577 career home runs earlier in that game. So yeah. I think that's uh, it, it's all downhill from there. He hopes it's not, but it's hard to match that one. But, yeah, having a, a good addition, and I said before on the podcast, there's always that extra boost you get when one of your guys from the system, homegrown guy, comes up and is able to contribute like Tim Anderson has done. Yeah, that's always a good feeling. Uh, a great feeling for Rodon there against Pujols. Uh, Rodon, what did I say? Uh, former. I'm thinking of Rodon yeah, Rodon, because, uh, Rodon might have, I think he has struck out Pujols in the past, but not this time. There you go. There you go. Uh, well, I was thinking of Rodon because he, of course, uh, injured his wrist, and Jacob Turner came up to make his first big league appearance since uh, the end of 2014. Uh, does it sound like Turner sticks around for another start? What's, what's the thought on the rotation? Yeah, I assume he would. I, I think the only other, I guess they could go to Anthony Ronaldo, who's on the uh, 40 man, is, is pretty well for Charlotte. But I don't think that, I think if they know that Rodon is going to be, I guess it would be different if they suddenly figure out that Rodon is going to be out longer than two starts. He's eligible to come back against Detroit, I believe, the first game on Thursday. But I, I don't see how that's happening when he, I mean, I'm not a doctor. I never played one on TV, but I, when he was just playing catch this weekend in Anaheim and probably will need a minor league rehab assignment. So there's going to be an extra start. And it could be interesting because Turner could get against, you know, get a start against his old team from Detroit. I don't think one rough outing is going to preclude them from saying, take the ball again. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Now, again, if Rodon, the team is going to be out longer than what they originally projected. Maybe then they look more at a, you know, midterm fix. But I still, I think Turner will get another chance. All right. There's the latest from Scott Merkin on all things White Sox. I want to thank him for joining us, and thank you all for tuning in. It's been MLB.com Extra, Chicago White Sox edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.